Hi, Gateway Church Dartford here. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We trust that what you hear will be a blessing and an encouragement to your journey. Want to hear a funny story? Me and Bev got married and uh, we, we went, we got married and we went on honeymoon to Mauritius and we got married again in Mauritius just in case we, did it, we didn't do it right in the first time. <laughs> um, and, uh, and a week before we were about to come back, we're like, oh, we got nowhere to live. <laughs> this is a true story, by the way. And, uh, and, and Bruno, Pastor Bruno, this morning with us, was our pastor at the time, and... Uh, and I rang him and I said, Pastor Bruno, we haven't got anywhere to live. <laughs> um, we're newlyweds and we, we came back to the UK. Um, and he gracefully gave us his bed. I don't know how long we were there for. Um, He picked us up from the airport. He took us to his house. He gave us his bed. He fed us. Pastor Bruno, it's my privilege and to welcome you this morning, part of Gateway, this afternoon. And Gateway Church, welcome you. Um, and God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. Give him a God bless and a welcome. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Justin, yeah. Well, it's good to be with you this morning. I want to thank um, Pastor Chris and Pastor Bev for giving the privilege to minister to you this morning. Um, so, yeah. I think I, I preach in his, in his wedding as well. Uh, yeah, so. You were sweating that Yeah, day. I did. I was, I was sweating that day. Uh, hopefully, I'm not going to sweat today. Well, it's great to be with you here uh, this morning. As, uh, as Chris mentioned, my name is Bruno. I've been um, in the part of the ministry, part of church since I was 17 years old. And in um, and, uh, 1991, I went back to Mauritius um, by the Majesty's service. They, I was deported in 1991. But I had a word, Jeremiah 29, verse 14, from uh, Lindsay Mann. Mum actually uh, gave me a word, Jeremiah 29, verse 14, which said, I will cause you to return to the place where you were deported. And here I am today. Amen? God is true to his word. Amen? Amen. When you get a, a word, a word of prophecy, God will always bring it to pass. So I've been in the country now for over 22 years or 23 years. Can I have, have a tissue, please? I just need to clean my glasses. I can't see very much. Um, so I also work as a paramedic. Um, I worked for London Ambulance Service for about 13 years. I'm now working uh, in a group of practices, group of GP practices, and I'm doing their home visits. So I'm quite busy. I'm also doing a course to go to the next level, becoming a first contact practitioner, and um, a lot of things going on, good things and some very, very bad things as well this year, but by the grace of God, I'm still here, I'm still standing, and here to minister the word of God to you. I hope this morning that I can inspire you, that I can impact your life, and 
leave a good impression uh, this morning. Amen? All right, are you here? You're not not falling asleep on me? So, let's get on with it then. As I said, the Word of God is already inspired, so let's, let's go to the Word of God this morning. Again, I want to thank um, Pastor Chris and his wife and his lovely family and you guys for accepting me this morning. Uh, it's my first time for over a year that I've gone out of uh, our church to minister, um, so it's a real, real privilege to be here with you this morning. So 2 Kings and chapter 6, verse 1 to 6, and while you're turning there, let me just pray. Father, I thank you. It's not by might, nor by power, but by your Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, you give me the grace to minister this word to your people. And I thank you, Lord, this word will, Lord, um, bless us in Jesus' name. It's the word of grace. It's the word of faith. It's the word that will bring restoration, a word of recovery in the lives of your people. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody say? Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So in 2 Kings 6 and verse 1 to 6, uh, I think it's on the overhead here, the Bible says, And the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put it out, and he put out his hand and took it. Amen. Folks, the Bible is full of types and shadows. St. Augustine said that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So when you read the Old Testament, the Bible tells us it's for us an example. So we can glean from life skills of these people and we can you know, better our lives. It, it, it should impact our lives when we read the Word of God. It should impact our lives when we uh, read a scripture. It should really inspire us, not just inform us, but inspire us to do what these people did because these are examples, right? When you went to school, uh, the teacher will put an example, and if you follow the example, you will get the right result, correct? So if you follow these examples, you will get the result, the required result in life. Now, Elisha, if you read this, this, um, uh, this, this chapter, Elisha here is a type of Jesus. Well, his name means God saves. Elisha means God saves, right? And we know who saves. Jesus saves, right? The Bible says there is no other name given whereby man is saved but the name of Jesus. They that call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved, right? Can I hear an amen for somebody? All right. So Elisha is a type of Christ. It's a type of 
God's grace to us. You will see that in a minute, that the grace of God extended to this man that lost his axe head, or uh, iron uh, axe head. And the Bible tells also when you read that the sons of the prophet represents us. The sons of the prophet in this story is a type of us. And the Bible says that they came to Elisha and said, Look, where we are now is a bit too small. We want to go ahead uh, to the Jordan River and build there a bigger place for us. Just like you and I, we go to God and we pray to Him. That's what uh, these people did. They went up to Elisha and, and asked him, as is, is a type of Christ, we want to go up. And I want you to understand that God is not against progress. God doesn't want to remain in a small place. God wants you to move ahead in life. And I believe that as we are in the cups of the new year, as we are at the threshold of the new year, that God wants you to, take, God wants you to go to the next step in your life. God wants you to go to a bigger place and a better place in life. God wants you to progress. God is not against progress. God is not anti-progress in life. He wants you to go. Right? Amen. How many of you are ready to go and move to the next level in life? Amen. Amen. So you've got to have plans for the coming year. And the Bible said they had this plan to go and build a bigger place, a better place, a larger place. And they wanted to go to the Jordan. Now the, the word Jordan, the place Jordan is a place of new beginning. If you read your Bible, you will find Joshua, when he took up the leadership of the people of Israel, the first place that he had to cross over from the wilderness into the promised land was the Jordan River. That's the first place he had to cross over. And I believe that that's the first place you've got to be, a place of a new beginning. And that place is also a place of death. The place, uh, Jordan represents the baptism. And you know baptism is about dying to oneself and rising up to a new self. Correct? And, uh, you know, the Bible tells us this. And, folks, you have to do what the Bible says, right? The Bible says, He that believe and is baptized shall be saved. So baptism is very, very important. You know, we kind of uh, put it in the back burner these days. We don't get people to get baptized. No, just believe in Jesus. You're going to go to heaven. But Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized is saved. So, I want to encourage you that to do the next step, not just to believe in Jesus, but also to be baptized in Him. Right? If you read your Bible, you will find that every time there was a conversion in the book of Acts, they got baptized. Alright? So I just want to encourage you. Maybe you're here, you're not baptized, you're still umming and ahhing about it, whether you should be baptized. I want to encourage you to get baptized. So they went to this place, the Jordan River. And I said to you, it's the place of new beginnings, the place where Joshua started his ministry. You find also Elisha took over the mantle of Elijah at the River Jordan. You also find out that Jesus began his ministry. He heard the word of God. He heard the voice of God coming out of the Jordan, right? So that's a place of new beginning. And God wants you to have a new beginning in the coming year. Amen. A, a new start up in life. And also, I want to 
to understand that Jordan is not only a place of dying and rising to new stuff, it's also a place of change. A place of change. And for you to get to the next level in life, there's got to be a transformation in your life. There's got to be the shedding of the old self and the putting on of the new man, a new person. You know, the Bible says you cannot put new wine into all wine skin. So you've got to think afresh. Change your mindset. It's a place of new mindset. You've got to have a new mindset because somebody said this, that you cannot put a watermelon idea in a pea brain. So you've got to enlarge your mindset as well. Right? So that's where they were going. So the Bible tells us that they, get, they got to that place. And in fact, the Bible tells us that they they asked the man of God, Elisha, would you go with us? And as I said to you, God is not against progress. God will go with you when you go. Now, God, if you stay, God stays with you. If you go, God goes with you. Amen. Amen? And he said in his word, go. Go to all nations. Jesus didn't say rest, sit down on your backside. He said, occupy until I come. The word occupy means to be busy until I come. You know, the, the word in French means occupy, occupy. Occupy means to be busy until I come. So you've got to be busy in life, busy in new things. The Bible says when they got to the Jordan, that place by the Jordan, and they began to be busy. They didn't just go there and sit down. If you want bigger things in life, there's bigger work to do. Right? People say, well, I thought I was going to go to a better place, a place of rest. Let me give you a good information. We don't rest until we die. All right? We don't retire as Christians. We go on until death. The only place that you're going to rest is when you cross over to the other side. And you are in the presence of God. I know the Bible says enter into God's rest, but it's God's rest, not your rest. So we've got to get busy. Amen? You've got to get busy in life, and you've got to put your hands to the plow. And the Bible says they all began to cut down trees. They all began to uh, bring those trees down to make space for themselves. You've got to work to make space, and you've got to cut things down. There are things in your life that you need to cut off. You cannot enter into a new place with things that are in your past. You've got to get cut things off in your life. Amen? There are things that you've got to let go of in your life. So, the Bible tells us, they began to do this work. You got, and I want you to understand this family, you've got to work. You know, just because you believe doesn't mean that you are exempt from work. Just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean that you are exempt from doing the right things in life. Amen? Amen. So you've got to take care of business. You've got to be TCB, take care of business. Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. Paul was about God's business. The disciples were about, were about God's business. So you need to get going. And the Bible tells there was one of them. In fact, if you read that story again, uh, if I were just to uh, 
bring you back to that story. The Bible says that one of them went to him and said, would you go with us? Would you go with us? And that he went with them. And I, I believe that the person was close to him. And the Bible says that uh, as they were you know, cutting down those trees, that uh, one of them's axe fell off. The axe head, the iron head, fell out of its wood and fell into a wa the water. I want to talk to you very quickly about this axe head um, so that you can learn from that story. All right? So the reason the axe head fell into the waters. Now, you're all going to start working. You want to build a better place. You want to go to a better place. I believe that uh, God is taking you to a better place. I believe. I certainly believe today, this morning, that God brought me here and gave me this word for you that I believe that some of you are going to move and transition to a better place. Amen? A place of progress. Amen? But you need to understand there are a few things in life that you need to grasp all of. The Bible tells us that he, one of them, his axe head fell, just one of them, into the water. Everybody was cutting down this tree. Everybody was occupied. Everybody was busy doing the work. But one of them's axe head fell into the water. And I don't want it to be you. I don't want you to lose what you have in your hand. It's important. And the Bible tells us that axe, iron axe head fell into the water. So what's the reason why this axe head fell into the water? He said, alas, master, it was borrowed. So it wasn't his. So as I said to you from the very beginning, that this, uh, the Bible is full of types and shadows, right? So you, this axe head represents something. What does it represent? It represents the giftings that God has given each and every one of us. You all have gifts in this house, right? Pastor Chris is a very good guitarist, correct? His daughter, this young lady here, is a very good singer. And his other daughter, very good pianist. That's their giftings. Some of you here, you're good at speaking. You're good at uh, writing letters. You're good at management. That's your gifting in life, right? We all have different talents. In life, don't we? Yes. You're looking at me as if you don't have any talents. You, I promise you, you've got talents. All right? Don't look at me in that tone of hearing, because I know you have talents. All right? And I, I'm also talented. You know, I, I, I'm quite good at uh, caring for people, especially you know if they're about to die. You know, I rush to their rescue. In my Nino, Nino, Nino. <laughs> We all have talents here. But the Bible says he lost his, the axe head. It fell into the water. He lost it. And sometimes, and he said this, Alas, master, it was borrowed. So number one, the reason he lost it, it was because it was loose. Right? It was loose. Number two, the reason he lost it is because it wasn't his. He borrowed it from somebody. In other words, he didn't take care to look at that gift. Right? What's number three? Let me go back to my notes. <laughs> number three. It wasn't sharp. 
That tool wasn't sharp, that's why it fell out of his hand. So it wasn't connected, it wasn't sharp, and it wasn't his. What wasn't it connected? What, what, what do I mean by it was not connected? You might have giftings, but you got to be connected. Connected to what? It was connected to a piece of wood. That axe that I had was only useful when it was connected to that piece of wood, right? Because you cannot cut a tree down just with the iron head. Your gift is not good enough. You've got to be connected. Connected to what? Number one, to the cross. That's the most important thing. That wood represents the cross. You've got to be connected to the cross. The cross of Jesus. You've got to stay connected to Jesus. I remember one time I went to Mauritius and I was um, by the cathedral in Mauritius, Port Louis, big cathedral, and there's a big statue of Jesus on the cross. And I saw this man at the foot of that cross there. And he was at that foot praying. And I could see him. I was quite far. I was actually on the um, first level of floor. And I was looking at him and he was praying and he was hitting on that um, that uh, cross, and I thought to myself, this guy isn't big doo-doo. That's why he's at the foot of that cross. And you know what? When you are in trouble, you've got to stay at the foot of the cross. You've got to stay connected to the cross. Number two, what, is it, what does that mean? That piece of wood also means to be connected to your church. You've got to stay connected to church. The Bible says do not neglect the gathering of the saints. You've got to stay connected to church. Number three, you've got to stay connected to your network of people, friends around you. Right? So it wasn't connected. So you've got to stay connected. You don't want to be like that man who lost his gifting because he was disconnected from the cross, disconnected from the church, and disconnected from friends and families that surrounded him. Number two, you've got to be sharp in life. You've got to be sharp. You can't rely on your gifting. Just keep on going with your gifting. You've got to take time to sharpen yourself. No matter how good you are, you've got to take time to yourself and sharpen yourself. Because things move on. 20 years ago, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have computers. When I grew up in Mauritius, we had blackboard and whiteboards. And uh, you know, we wrote with, uh, with chalk. And we wrote with, uh, on slates. We didn't have computers. We didn't have things that we carried into our pockets. A little instrument. We didn't have these kind of things. When you make a call to your... When somebody made a call to us in Mauritius, we went to our neighbors. My dad was a traveler. He was, he was a sailor. So when he was uh, traveling around the world and he wanted to make a call to us, they came and tell us, tomorrow your husband is going to, to my mom, your husband is going to call you, so be there at 8 o'clock, he's going to call you. That's how it was. Nowadays, if you want to make a call somewhere abroad, you flip your phone and you can speak to that person face to face, right? Things progress and you've got to sharpen yourself up as well. Blunt instrument won't do. Your gifting will be lost if you don't sharpen yourself. The Bible says, if the iron be blunt and he did not wedge the edge, that's uh, Ecclesiastes 10.10, then he must put more strength. 
Amen? So it wasn't sharp enough. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. So you've got to be around the right people and sharpen yourself. Number three, it was borrowed. What does that mean, it was borrowed? Let me tell you what it means, it was borrowed. You know where that man was riding on somebody else's tailcoat? He didn't pay the price for that gift. And when you don't pay for something, you don't really appreciate it. Yes, you do. Take it for granted. And he didn't know how to use it. Because it wasn't his. It wasn't sharp. And it, it was loose. So are you that one? And the Bible tells us this. That's what I said to you, that God is a God of grace. God of mercy. God of second chances. When that thing fell off, he called out to Elisha. And what I say, Elisha means God save. It means the grace of God. It means the favor of God. As this lady said this morning, the favor of God. He said, alas, master, it was borrowed. And the man of God said, where did it fall? And he pointed to exactly where it fell. In other words, family, you need to know exactly where you are and the mistake that you've done in life. Where did it fall? And he pinpointed the place where it fell. So we can fall in life, can't we? We can make mistakes in life, right? We can blow it in life, right? But when God comes to you and says, where did you fall? Point exactly where you fell. In the book of Proverbs 28, verse 13, the Bible tells us, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. So in other words, know exactly where you missed it. Know exactly where you made that mistake in life. Point to it. Don't let it go under. Know exactly that place. And the Bible tells that Elisha cut off a piece of stick and threw it into that place. In other words, back to the cross again. That stick represents the cross. That stick represents forgiveness. That stick represents another chance for this man. Maybe you've blown it. You want to go to the next level in life, but you like one of, like this guy. You're depending on somebody else's gifting. You're not sharp enough. You're, you're a bit loose in your connection. Loose in your understanding about the cross. Loose in your connection with friends and families who are close to Jesus. But you need to know exactly where it is. And Elisha prayed. He threw the stick in. And the mercy of God was extended back again to this young man. Amen? And this morning I want you to understand that God is a God of mercy. Elisha represents Jesus. He is a God of a second chance and many chances in life. So let's stand up on our feet. I want you to understand because of time, half past twelve, we say we finish at half past twelve, yeah? Because of time, I want you to understand that God is not against you making progress in life. That's number one. 
Number two, that God wants to go with you wherever you're going. He's with you every step of the way. Number three, He has a gifting for you. You are born special. Don't be a copy of somebody else. Many people want to be like someone else. They want to be Elvis Presley. Can only be one Elvis. They want to be like Benny Hinn. There can only be one Benny Hinn. If God wanted another Benny Hinn, he would have had Benny Hinn would have had a twin. You are born an original. Don't be a copy of anybody else. It doesn't matter how you sound like. It doesn't matter what you look like. You are an original. Your thumbprint is unique. Your voice is unique. Your talent is unique. And you've got to harness the talent that God has given you. You've got to sharpen yourself up. I want you to look in right now, look in your life. Look at the talent that God has given you. Young people, I know you want some time to emulate your parents. But let me tell you that the, the desire of, it, of every parent is that their children do better than them. Yes. The desire of every mother and father is that their ceiling will be the floor of their children that they will move to the next level young people God loves you you need to have your own experience with God and don't ride on anybody's tailcoat Father I pray this morning in the name of Jesus this afternoon rather Father I pray oh God that uh, Lord that this word will inspire your people to search for the gifting, not to borrow from somebody else, Lord, to sharpen themselves, not to be loose in their belief in the cross, in their belief in church, in their belief of their family, the Christian family. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I pray a blessing upon this house as they move and progress and go to the next level. I thank you, Lord, that you are taking them to a place bigger, a place better in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, Lord, for the spirit of joy in this house. Your joy is our strength in Jesus' name. And I give you praise and glory. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, no.